0: Hey everyone, I'm Nick DiMatteo and welcome to week 199 and video episode number 25, Can I Use My Fingers, of 4T, the Thursday Throwback Track. Every week I take a release from my collection, I discuss it, I give you my take on it, I throw in some other facts, figures, and nonsense, and I talk about how it has influenced my music, which, pause for the cause... I created a Spotify playlist for this because I have, again, multiple LPs to talk about here and uh, don't wanna go back and be switching them out on the old Victrola, so yeah, I'm cheating again. Uh, And just by happenstance, through the magic of algorithmic randomness, uh, the first song to come up is a song from my band, Wreck, Love in Stockholm. It's the song that I have used to show the influence this, this this music that I will discuss soon has had on my music. It's a song called Love in Stockholm. Uh, take a pause, listen. So yes, we are talking about electronic music today, but in, in particular, uh, Electronic dance music, in more particular, instrumental electronic dance music. And yes, this is not quite instrumental, but it's about as vocally minimal as I ever tend to get. Uh, and also, uh, in particular, the artists that we're talking about, artists from the 1980s, you have George Kranz with his famous Din Da Da Do Do," and The Art of Noise. Uh, let's say one thing right off the bat about instrumental dance music. Most of it is super fucking boring. It's, it, it, it's, it's monotonous. If you are just listening to it for pleasure, you're going to get tired of it really quick. But that's not its purpose. There's a reason why it is, again, qu- I'll say quote-unquote boring. That's subjective, of course. I think it's boring because I expect more from music and from creators. But with electronic dance music, in particular instrumental, in particular music meant to be played in clubs and mixes and playlists, it actually needs, doesn't need to, but it it, it serves a purpose to be somewhat boring. It doesn't have to be, and I'll discuss that later, But, but this is why. It's there to create a mood, it's there to keep the mood going, keep the beat going, keep the sound going. And if you're a creator, and if you know the rules, and there are very strict rules, uh, most music has very strict rules whether we want to admit it or not but in particular this kind of music in particular has extremely extremely strict rules if if you know those rules beats per minute within a very small range i want to say 128 maybe to 148 I don't know but somewhere within there uh, long intros so that you can crossfade easily breakdowns that and build ups and, and, and jump ins that happen at expected times so that dancers don't stop and they're like what they just missed a beat you know you kind of feel it in your body you need to have it come like a metronome you know like a, like a clock and so if you know those rules you don't need to put a whole hell of a lot into music you're creating you can have your electronic sounds. And have been a good beat, and that's it. And that's why and how a creator can get away with creating super goddamn boring dance music, instrumental dance music. Uh, uh, but there are artists who have done more with the genre, who have made it interesting, who have taken the rules and mainly stayed within those rules, but but done something more with it. You, uh, Somebody like Moby, uh, who's been around since the 80s, Fatboy Boy Slim, one of my favorites, Skrillex, tons of others that I don't really know uh, because I haven't followed this kind of music in a long time. Um, but those are great examples of very popular artists who have taken electronic dance music predominantly instrumental and turned it into something more, something more interesting. Uh, and, of course, you can't talk about this... Genre, without mentioning, really the pioneers' craftwork, uh, especially with the recent death of Florian Schneider, uh, it's great that they're getting more press all of a sudden. I mean, musicians and people—I like guess we know craft work but there are a lot of people who don't. Whether they're younger or just weren't into that music, and I'm glad that more of it is seeing the light of day again. Not for a great reason, but it's—it's it's important. And it's good. Craft work has influenced so many musicians, artists, bands. Uh, throughout the decades, some not even in electronic dance m- music. They might have had elements of it, So uh, rock and, and, and you know other kind of uh, avant-garde and, and, and alternative types of genres. But of course in particular dance music. and, uh, ver- and really more particularly in the 1980s. Does that mean they didn't influence uh, bands in the 70s, 90's, Os, and teens and whatever? No, but what happened in the 1980s was that that was the first time that that, in, that really that instrumental dance music, electronic, seized the charts in very, very big ways. It was ubiquitous, uh, as well as with non-instrumental dance music. Listen to Depeche Mode, listen to Kraftwerk back-to-back. Uh, you're going to hear them you know, how close they are in many ways. Then listen to House, listen to Industrial, listen to Drum and Bass, Glitch Hop, any other kind of techno or EDM, and you're going to hear the influence of Kraftwerk, and I would say even the influence of what was developed in the 1980s with this music. Um, And in particular, I'm discussing the artists that I have here, especially, let's take a listen to this song, It's called "Close to the Edit" by Art of Noise, and I think it was one of their bigger hits off of um, "Who's Afraid of the Art of Noise?" and uh, one of my favorites for sure. Um, but let's not let's not skip ahead real quick. Let me just make mention of this this dude here, George Kranz or Gail... G- G- maybe, uh, with his famous, famous, famous single "Din Da uh, which we may not hear in this mix because there are a whole lot of a lot of songs. But go look it up. Um, he is a kind of one of those one hit wonders who's still around making music. You know, uh, like so many of us. And um, he that song came out in '83, but really hit the charts in '84, and it hit the charts more than once even after that. It's been used in movies, movies, things like that, and. Um, he kind of was one of the early uh you know people who had success with this kind of music who showed that it could be successful in a very uh popular broad way and marketable way and uh and you know monetarily too i guess i don't know how well the fella's doing i hope he's doing all right um and really right on the heels of that and i think even a little before in some ways was uh the band uh, the art of noise um One of my favorites of the era, and in fact, you have this album, which I think is my favorite, uh, In No Sense Nonsense, which is uh, more, really even more out there and pretty awesome. And then uh, kind of a commercial stab, uh, the theme to Dragnet that they did. Although they had other great commercial stabs, such as um, the music they produced for Tom Jones when he did his version of Prince's Kiss. Things like that. I mean, there's some great stuff that the Art of Noise did out there. They were really, to be honest, the craft work of my generation. They, there were a lot of people uh, who didn't know much of anything about craft work, including me at the time, um, and thought that the Art of Noise kind of came out of nowhere. But part of the reason was because they did what they did really well, and you can hear the variations in the music that they, that they do, and even uh, more eclecticism that takes, again, like, like dance music, instrumental dance music, to places that are unexpected and yet still kind of conform to the ability to dance to the music, you know, and, uh, and again, instrumental. Uh, they were helmed in part and founded in part by the very famous producer, Trevor Horn, who was all over the place in the 80s, whose production out of the gate just knocked people down, whether he was working with Yes or, you know, Art of Noise and so many other artists. Uh, eventually it became big 80s cliche, you know, you, you gotta, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Oh my God, I can't believe this randomness is happening. So please listen to this for a second. All hail George Kronst. Yeah. He's going to kick in later. Uh, but yeah, so I'm glad this played because, again, it shows you that, yeah, okay, that's a vocal. But technically, really, the vocal is being used as an instrument. That's why you can classify this as instrumental dance music. Um, the Art of Noise took what Kraftwerk did and, other, and others... It to a place that was very, again, very popular, accessible, yet eclectic, and they did it with both, pro you know, with programming, with some some slight live stuff, and with sampling, and that was a really a big change in the '80s from what Kraftwerk did. Was that sampling came into its prime and has been used ever since. These days, it's used in ways you wouldn't even recognize, and in some ways that are very obvious. Um, uh, but tr- but the art of noise really kind of I think they honed it to a very very you know kind of tight and effective uh, sound and that's uh, one of the reasons you know that and again their eclecticism but their ability to kind of keep the beat going those are the reasons why they were one of my uh, favorites and and yes right Trevor Horn's production eventually became big eighties you know cliche a little too tight a little too polished a little too overused. But that was then, you know, and this is now, uh, to quote a monkey song. And um, in hindsight, you take take it at face value and out of context, let's say, and you realize that some of that shit was so amazingly fucking good. It might be why the art noise didn't last very long, because, you know, eventually, like I said, the sound got old and people moved on to other things. But while it was really big, it really set a high bar for this kind of music. And there's the kick in. And this guy reminds us, don't ever mess with German techno. If you have not explored German techno, please go do so. Because that's another way to explore dance music that's way more fucking interesting than the vast majority of stuff that you will hear at any club. Uh, Although, I gotta say, there are DJs out there, and I haven't DJed in a really long time, but there are DJs out there who genuinely kick ass at not just how they mix and how they layer but the songs that they choose and how more eclectic they are um uh catherine my girlfriend and i went to a pink concert a while back and the and, and the uh the guy who was there to keep the crowd going before the opening act started was a dj and his ability to pull music from all genres really Uh, popular genres and and mixed them together was just super damn impressive and and i'm glad to see that that is a trend that is continuing because it does make dance music in general more interesting and to me it harkens back to that period in the 1980s before things got too strictured and too and too homogeneous and uh i'm just glad to hear it as i said i don't do a whole lot of um instrumental music like this or instrumental ish music But that song that you heard at the beginning, Love in Stockholm, from uh, my band Rex EP, Distance to Empty, is a great example of how much I have gotten into techno glitchy stuff. And and there's no doubt in my mind that that was partly because of right here, these people, the guy you're listening to right now. Yeah, it's a 12-inch. And we'll talk more about that, I think, next week or the week after. And The Art of Noise. They're they're probably their two best albums. And this, which was okay. Um, Please go explore these artists. Please click the link to my Spotify playlist so you can hear this on your own in your own time. And leaf through all the songs and and hear what you like. Uh, Tell me if you like it. Tell me if you don't like it. Tell me if there are other kinds of dance music. Do you prefer dance music with live instruments? Do you not dance? That would be crazy, but it might be possible. Uh, do you not like any kind of electronic music, or is there other electronic music that you prefer? Uh, hey, this is the Dragnet theme. Oh my God, uh, this 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 mix is working out so well. Spotify sometimes you really kick ass. Um, and uh, please click on my song "Love in Stockholm" and listen to that. It's uh, part of the playlist. But please click on the you know uh, the YouTube link that I that I sent in here in the, in the body of the text. Read the text. As always, thank you for watching and listening and reading and clicking and sharing and subscribing. And if you are on Facebook, go to Facebook.com/Nick.Damadio and. Tune in Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday to my live shows at 7 p.m. Eastern Time in America. And uh, you'll see me play and sing live, um, sometimes with Catherine as well. Uh, I appreciate uh, every moment that you give to music, to me, and to the important things here other than music, which are conversation and connection. Uh, Please put your comments below. Uh, Thanks again, and I will see you next week.